January 21st, 2020, the Centers for Disease Control confirms the first case of the novel coronavirus in the United States, which will come to be known as COVID-19. Just two days later, China takes the unprecedented step not to just quarantine 11 million people in Wuhan, but restrict access to surrounding areas, meaning that more than 18 million people are under strict lockdown. In the following weeks, the World Health Organization issues a global health emergency. The United States declares a public health emergency. And by the middle of March, the WHO has declared COVID-19 a global pandemic, sending shockwaves across the globe. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the AGCS Podcast. I'm Ken Reichman. COVID-19 has been indiscriminatory in its impact on business, not only locally, but around the world. From local restaurants to major retailers, everyone is dealing with the fallout from the pandemic. And the shipping industry, which is responsible for more than 90% of global trade, has seen the pandemic ripple through what has become a just-in-time supply chain. Captain Andrew Kinsey, Senior Marine Risk Consultant in AGCS, says this may no longer be an option. The current pandemic has impacted shipping globally in every conceivable way. But the greatest impact will be on how we look at current supply chain. The ultra-large container vessels running east-west, Asia to Europe, Asia U.S., and the volumes that they carry and the economic feasibility of an ultra-large container vessel is going to be rethought because we already have companies looking at a more robust supply chain a modified supply chain, a shorter, not just-in-time supply chain. So these are all impacts that are going to play out over time. And from 2010 to 2020, we saw the rise of the ultra-large container ship. After 2020, we could start to see changes in that supply chain and moving away from that. Though the economic impacts are high on the minds of shippers in a long-term impact from COVID, a more immediate concern is the health and well-being of its crew, both on and off-board their vessels. Many of the hundreds of thousands of cargo crew around the globe that usually leave their ships each and every month have been unable to do so with new restrictions and guidelines from different regions around the world. In fact, 92 countries have prohibited crew changes entirely, leading to an emphasized concern of fatigue and opening the door to more impacts of human error, which is estimated to be a factor in 75 to 95 percent of marine incidents. The exposure to a vessel isn't from the crew. The crew is the one who's been out there at sea for 14 days or more. That's, that's the irony of it. It's very rare that you'll have crews right now that are bringing the infection to it. There's been a couple of limited cases. The crew's there. They're, trust me, it's tough to get any more isolated than on a ship in the middle of the ocean. So what you're looking at is is looking to protect those crew members from infection ashore. And what we're seeing right now from our standpoint for cargo surveys and, and uh, oversight, as well as using uh, inspections, we're trying to use new technologies. We're looking at doing it remote. We're trying to reduce the amount of interaction between the shoreside personnel and the vessel personnel to a bare minimum. Currently, towards that point, they are looking at bringing crewing barges into Singapore where they can bring an entire crew on board, have them isolated on board for 14 days before they do the crew change so that you're making sure that the crew set you bring on, you're changing out en masse, everyone's changed, and prior to coming on board, they've been quarantined, trying to eliminate as many variables as possible. 
While major shippers around the globe are finding new ways to manage costs and keep the lifeblood of global trade up and running, a separate marine industry that accounts for hundreds of billions of dollars in global economic impact and millions of jobs around the globe is fighting for its life. The first cruise ship to have a major outbreak saw more than 700 infections and sadly 14 deaths. While plans are in place for cruises to set sail late in the summer of 2020, concern remains that they could remain a hotbed for COVID transmission not only aboard the ship, but on the tropical islands regularly used as destinations. Are we actually looking at going back to the age of ocean steamers rather than a cruise? Because remember, we used to go and it was, you know, leaving Southampton and going to New York. That was cruise vessels. So are we looking at smaller vessels or are we looking at using those vessels on longer routes where, okay, in order to take this trip, you're taking a month out of your time because you're going to be in quarantine for two weeks and then you're going to make sure you can go and then you're going to go on for two weeks. So are we looking at a seismic shift in how the world views leisure activities and when they're allowed to go, and can we get the testing and screening up to the point where you can all be screened beforehand, and then you're not leaving the vessel. You're on, and you can run it that way. And that's what's killing the the Caribbean right now is so much of the local economy was based on the tourism, and that has completely disappeared, and they don't know when and if it's ever going to come back. And do they want it back? Because now all of a sudden, yes, you're opening your, your economy up, but then you're also opening up your, your island to potential infection. Though Captain Kinsey says the impacts of COVID-19 may never go away, the industry can grow and thrive by learning from the recent events and empowering those who serve on those vessels. We are more robust from a shipping standpoint than people thought. And when we work together, we can come up with solutions. Coming out of this, if we rethink our supply chains and we can reduce some of those pressures and stresses that are currently in place on the just-in-time and, and, the, and the pressure it puts on vetting a dangerous cargo manifest or properly stowing and securing cargo, making the voyage safer and, and the cargo safer as long well as the crew and the vessel, that will be a good thing. If we properly uh, identify and, and recognize the importance of having crew members and that is brought in front of governments and the IMO pushes forth that says these are vital employees, that's a good thing. Because we need to continue to push for that. Because as I said earlier, and as I'll say again, the well-trained crew are the most important safety equipment we currently have on board ship. And if we're talking about protecting the environment and we're talking about reducing our environmental impact, well, reducing claims and serious marine incidents is one of the most important steps we can do. The 2020 Safety and Shipping Review is available for down Download by following the link in the description of this podcast or on the AGCS website at www.agcs.allianz.com. You can get all of the latest AGCS insights on Twitter by following at AGCS underscore insurance and on LinkedIn at Allianz Global Corporate and Specialty. If you have any comments, concerns, or suggestions for a future episode, don't let the conversation end here. Feel free to shoot us an email at agcs.communication at agcs.allianz.com. And of course, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. The more folks who rate and review the show, the easier it is for others to find it. Again, a big thanks to Captain Andrew Kinsey for joining us and for everybody at AGCS. I'm Ken Reinschman, and we will see you next time.